So let's stand, reverence the reading of God's Word. Most of the time I forget that. because I'm, My nerves are running away. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 28 and 29. The Bible says, The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. Thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled forevermore, and no man shall save thee. Let's pray. Brother Bill Cashman, would you please pray? Yes, dear God. Pray it, Jesus. Lord, we want to praise for everything you do. Give you all praise, honor, and glory for everything that takes place here tonight. In your name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Be seated, please. Here in Deuteronomy chapter 28, in these first 14 verses, here in Deuteronomy, if you read the caption there in your Bible, if you do have the Schofield, it says, Conditions of Blessings in the Land. And God tells them exactly what he's going to do if they will just obey him. In the rest of this book, uh, there the caption says, Conditions which will bring chastisement in the land. So God tells them these 14, first 14 verses of all the wonderful blessings he'll do. And things that he would do for them. And the things that they would observe if they would just observe and do his commandments. Uh, there is both a natural darkness... And there is a spiritual darkness. And I wonder tonight as we come, as the preacher preaches, and we sit in the church week in and week out sometimes, are you absolutely positively sure tonight that you've been called out of that darkness and into the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ? We, if you don't know anything else in the world, you, need, you better know that. Especially as the time's coming, the time's winding down. Last Saturday evening after prayer time, I was driving home. And uh, or that's the best I can remember was that time. I know it was dark. It was kind of it been mist and rain and raining, uh, and it was basically pitch black. And going up the road, I stopped in a line of traffic, and I just happened to look over to the side of the road, and there was a man, uh, uh, an elderly man, a pretty good sized elderly man, walking on the side of the road there in the dark with a cane. He had a, a, a tall cane, not just a little stick cane, but a tall cane with a big head on the end of that cane. And in the other hand, he had, I know, uh, at least two to three, maybe four or even more uh, bags, grocery bags that he had been to the store. And he's walking on the side of the road with his cane in the dark, in dark clothes. And I looked over at him and I thought, man, you're walking in a dangerous place. You're walking, you're walking in the right direction you want to go to get home. And you're walking on the right side of the road you need to be a walking on. But you're walking in darkness with a cane. 
just kind of feeling his way around. I saw him walk just a few steps and it was almost like he would put his cane out and he'd walk up to it. And, and I thought to myself, man, you know, I, I wanted to stop and pick him up and take him where he's going. The road was full, the lights were everywhere. And, and it, just, it just kind of dumbfounded me there for just a minute. I thought, this man is walking in a very dangerous place. And I, I started, to, the line went on and I started on up the road and I got to thinking about that. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of God's people walking in that same place. They're saved. They profess they're saved. They say they're saved. They seem to be walking in the right direction. They appear to be walking on the right side, going the right way, but yet still walking in darkness. And not really believing and not trusting God for that light and believing in the light to get them a little further down the road, to help them to grow just a little further uh, in the Lord. In the Bible, we, you know this very well, that darkness represents sin. Now I'm not saying, I don't know who this man was, I don't know why he was there. Uh, I just imagine that he had been to the grocery store uh, or to the store up there on the hill and he was trying to get home that, that he just had to go because evidently he must have really needed to go to the store. And I'm not saying anything about the man, it was just the situation that he was in, walking that night. Uh, in the darkness with a cane, and he had his arms full. Uh, and I know all the rain we've had, sometimes the road washes on the side there. And I thought, man, just one little stumble, just one little stagger, you could be laying out in the road and somebody just run over you in a heartbeat. And uh, you know, and well, maybe that's fear, but you can see stuff like that happening. Uh, this man was not a, I mean, he was a good sized man, and he was not, he wasn't standing up walking. He was hunkered over like this with his cane and carrying his stuff. And I thought, man, you're in a dangerous, dangerous place. But folks, anytime you and I keep get our eyes off the Lord, Amen. and we're not looking and listening to where He wants us to go, we're walking. You can be you're saved. You're walking. You're you're going the right way. You're on the right path, but you're in darkness because you don't know and you don't understand what thus saith the Lord. And folks, God wants us to know what He has for us. This passage here that we read in Deuteronomy discusses the penalties that God levies on a soul that's rebelled against Him in sin. And folks, in the day and the night that we live, the world seems to think God is love, so God loves everybody. We're all God's children. We're all going to heaven. And we're all going to be up there forever. And it's just going to be one big party. Well, i got sad news for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're not going. And it's not going to be one big party. It ain't going to be some of these things that some of these people think there are. I think sometimes you hear these, you know, the people that knows everything, the movie stars and the athletes, they know everything. They can solve all the world's problems because somehow they like to play with a ball or, uh, or they made a movie and somehow they got special powers that they think they're going to have their own little place in heaven. But if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're not going to be there. They're in darkness. And see, the thing about darkness is, darkness is not an object of itself. You can't, you can't go to the store and basically buy darkness. You can take a flashlight and you can have, you can have a light. We can look here in this room, if we would turn all these lights off, Darkness would take over. Why would darkness take over? 
because there's no light. But if you turn the lights out, the darkness is just, it's, it's not really an object of itself, but it is, uh, it happens when the lights is removed. And folks, today in the that we lived, there's fewer and fewer people that truly know the Lord, that even want to know Him. Uh, so, see, without the presence of light, the darkness occurs. So, nothing must be produced to have darkness except just for all the sources of light to be removed. So, without someone intervening by shining the light in the darkness, the darkness is not going to move away. That's why it's so important for you and I, if we're saved, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, for our light to shine. We, the world needs the light, and we need our light to shine, and not to put a bushel over it, and to hide it from a lost and dying world. You see, most of us, if we admit it, have at least some reservations concerning darkness. I remember when I was little, uh, I was terrified of the dark. When we lived over there in Mountain View, we lived nine-tenths of a mile down a uh, not a dirt road, but a dirt path, if you will. And I was terrified that there was going to be a black bear come in the window and get me and my sister. And Daddy had no other way. We was going to sleep with the lights out because he wanted the lights out. And he was bigger than I was. And so me and my sister basically would sit up half the night waiting for the bears to come in and take us out. And, and uh, you, you probably got a story about when you were little or maybe even now. There's some people now afraid of the dark. Uh, they don't want to be in the dark. Uh, you know, it takes that, it's that element of an unknown in the darkness. I remember when, uh, and I've, t- I've told you this many times, but when me and Roger was about 11, 12 years old, we'd sneak off and go to Hen River. And we, was, we snuck off one night, we was going down to Hen River down there. We was walking on the side of the road and you could barely see the white line because we hadn't got down to the part where the street lights were at yet. And all of a sudden there was something started rattling. Well, the first thing me and Roger thought was, man, there's a rattlesnake laying on the side of the road and, and we're, we're going to die. So we turned around and run all the way back home. And I mean run. I'm not talking about skipping and hopping. I'm talking about dead run, panting like a, a racehorse when we got home because there's a snake down there. Well, the next morning when I went down to snuck off, me and him snuck off again, they, somebody had been going down the road and back in the day, they had these little toy drummers. You know, you'd wind up, up these little tin toys. You could wind it up, and it had a drum, and it would go across the floor like the, the Duracell rabbit and beating that drum. Well, that's what was laying on the side of the road. <laughs> now, that'll make a man out of you, I'm telling you. But it was dark, and we didn't know. Uh, and, you know, when you're in the dark, uh, things it gets bigger and meaner. And, and, and blacker and darker and a whole lot bigger and, and, and all of that. But there's also that level of comfort in darkness. You know, uh, when you get accustomed to the dark, when you do get to go to, you get to go and, and sleep in a dark room, you go to bed and you turn the light off and it's pitch dark, you know, and it seems like the room's cooler and the covers are just more comfortable and all of that. And man, just about the time you doze off, here comes somebody in to flip the light on and say, it's time to get up. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> You know, and it'll blind you, take your sight. So when we become accustomed to the dark and somebody shines that light on, it gets irritating. And you know, I remember when I was lost and them without God and somebody began to tell me about Jesus. I thought, I don't, that's one thing right there. I'm not sure I want to hear. But boy, I sure was glad that somebody loved me enough and cared enough for me that they didn't let that stop them from telling me about Jesus We've spent so, we've spent long enough in the dark that 
we have come to prefer the emptiness and the uncertainty of it. Because people today don't want to, they don't want to be accountable. They don't want to be accountable to their self. They want to do whatever they want to do. They want to do whatever they want to do in their life, in their homes, or whatever it is. They don't want to be accountable to God or nobody else. And they enjoy that uncertainty. They enjoy that emptiness because there's just no, I'll do what I want to do. I'm myself. And the devil gives them, as our Sunday school this morning talked about how the devil lied to Judas. And he, the devil cheats you this line that everything's going to be okay. Everything's all right. But we learn in God's word as we read here in Deuteronomy that it's not going to be all right. So the question, the title of our message tonight is, are you scared of the dark? Not just the natural dark, which is our first point tonight. On your hand out there, the natural darkness. In Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was out form, and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Notice there, then verse 4, he said, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. It's, it's amazing today that before God ever stepped into the situation and, and set up another way, the world was dark. And it was without form and void. And yet the voice of God gave the light in the darkness. He spoke in the darkness. And the lightness and the darkness were the, uh, says that they were divided. That's the power of God that we serve. And see, this was a display of hope that God gave to a darkened world. Then you and I have that hope today that when God speaks, we, even though, see, we're all conceived in iniquity. You are born into the dark, the darkness of sin. There's none good, no, not one. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. And the only way you and I are ever going to be uh, redeemed from that is to accept the precious blood that Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary. And see, that gives us a hope today. Even then, God was working and giving us a, a picture, if you will, of God dividing that darkness from the light. And that's what he tells us today, that we pass from death into life. We were once uh, uh, dead in our trespasses and sin. And so this display of hope, uh, it was even removed on two occasions in the Word of God there in in. Ex- Exodus chapter 10, when that ninth plague before the death of the firstborn, when God sent the darkness, when darkness came to the earth just before the death of the firstborn. And then Colossians 1 and 18, the Bible said, And he is the head of the body of the church, who is at the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So in order to have light after darkness, there had to be the death of the firstborn. And we know that Jesus is the firstborn. So in our lives, when it was real to revealed to us that we were darkened in sin, then we had to accept, uh, to have the light, we had to accept the death of Jesus Christ. And folks, it's not changed. Amen. That's not changed. In the world in which we live, we still have to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he's often reminded us that the natural light is a blessing from God. And when all the world was dark and void, God gave us light. And it is a blessing from God. It's, it's great to know you and I have, you and I tonight have more faith in the sun coming up in the morning than we do Jesus taking care of us tomorrow. We've seen it come up day in and day out. I've seen the sun come up for 61 years. So I, I have a figure it's going to come up tomorrow. 
But I got news for you. Jesus was seeing the sun come up over 2,000 years ago. Matter of fact, if he didn't speak the word, it wouldn't come up. Amen. He could say, not today, son. Remember, he done stopped it one time. Matter of fact, he turned it back a little bit so that people could see that he's God. So are you scared of the dark? The natural darkness? We're certainly, we have our reservations about it. But then there's the inner darkness. Micah 3 and 6 says, Therefore night shall be unto you, that you shall not have a vision, and it shall be dark unto you, that you shall not divine, and the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. John 1 and verse 5 says, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. John 3 and 19 says, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. People don't want to give up their deeds. The, the, the evilness of this world, uh, the, the sin of this world. See, the Bible teaches us that there's pleasure in sin. But we seem to want to stop there. Yeah, the Bible says there's pleasure in sin. But to forget the last of that. But the end thereof is death. And that's not just physical death, that's death throughout eternity. Proverbs 4 19 says, The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Folks, I didn't know what it was to be lost. When I was lost and undone without God, I didn't know what that meant. I'd heard about Jesus. I'd heard about the devil. And by the time Rudy Edwards began to talk to me about the Lord, I knew more about the devil than I knew about the Lord. Me and Karen had been involved in Ouija boards and all kinds of stuff. And those things are not toys. Don't go buy your children a Ouija board. Stay away from that stuff. This gothic stuff, people, they think it makes them look good. They think it makes them look, uh, they're, they're different. It makes them different. It'll make you different, all right. It'll sell you a lie. You'll believe a lie. But I knew more about that than I did God. But boy, when somebody began to tell me about Jesus, and I realized uh, that I was that I was lost, and I was going to die and go to hell, man, that's when things got serious. That's when I realized, man, if the because I knew the devil was real, so I thought, now if the devil's real, hell's real, then that means God's real and Jesus is real. But I didn't even know nobody that knew anything about Jesus. But God knew exactly where I was at, just like he knew where these people were at. And he was telling them, if you obey me, I will bless you. And if you don't obey me, then I have no other choice. And see, we want to blame God for everything when we make the choices for our decisions. Every decision you and I make, there's consequences to those decisions that we make. And they can be eternal decisions. If, you, if you're so unfortunate to die, lost with unknown without God. First John 1 and 6 says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. You can stand up here and say, Preacher, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Woo! Because you've seen somebody else do it. You can learn the language by just listening to people around you. But that don't, make you, that don't mean you're going to heaven. And see, man's heart is just like the world was before God said, Let there be light. It's dark. And folks, we need the light. I'm so glad that God sent somebody my way and told me about the light. See, the world was dark until God intervened. And God said, let there be light. 
And my heart was dark. My life was dark until God intervened and said, let there be light. And his son, First uh, John 1 and 9 says, was the, Jesus was the true light which shineth upon every man that cometh into the world. And that light that shines upon us is his spirit. And when it shines in, that's when at point number A there says, exposes our condition. The Holy Spirit of God points out to us that we are in darkness. Many are in darkness and know it not. Until the light shines in. That's why it's so important to hear the word of God. Because God chose the foolishness of preaching. To hear what thus saith the Lord. See, the Holy Spirit of God there, when that light shines in, and the Holy Spirit of God uh, shows us that the condition that we're in, we can't do anything because you don't know the condition you're in until God tells you. And see, because of the darkness. See, not only does it expose our condition, but He reveals our surroundings. You understand others as well that men are going to hell. See, I thought, man, I got, I, I mean, I want to get saved. I thought I was going to die and go to hell before I could get saved. But well, once I got saved, I wanted everybody to know, hey, you're going to die and go to hell if you don't get saved. And see, but, but because they were still in darkness, they didn't understand we're the same shape that I was in and that you were in when you were lost and undone without God. And until that light shined in their heart, that's why the preacher can't save nobody. Ronnie and Matthew can't save nobody. The deacons can't save nobody. If we could, the church would be full. We'd have bigger buildings. The building would be from, from the railroad tracks all the way down to the river and all the way back to the river that way if we could save anybody because we'd get everybody saved and we'd get them in here. We could, but we can't. And no, neither can no other man. But God can. And see, not only exposes our condition and reveals our surroundings, but it changes your sight. You look at things different. You'll see things different. When we're exposed to the light and you try to turn, turn it off, we see the spots for some time, especially when the light's real bright. But if we leave the light on and remain in it, we can see clearly the things that would ordinarily be hidden. And see, that's in the dark, there's much to be afraid of, but there's also many beauties that are seen. See, when the light of the gospel shines on us, it shows us how rotten our sins are. It points out, it shows us. We don't got to have nobody to tell us that we got sin in our life. The Holy Spirit of God does that very well. But also, it lets us see how great His grace is and how comforting that is to know Okay, I'm lost, but there's, there's somebody to help me. See, not only is, 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 is Jesus, he, don't, he just didn't come, as the world seems to think, and this is just a, it makes a nice story for around December. As Joy was talking about the songs, uh, the music, and the, the Word of God, and, uh, it, it points us to, a, to somebody that loves us and cares for us, that gave His life life for us. In 1 Peter 2 and 9 the Bible says, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Look, if we would stop and take notice of what all Jesus has done for us and what he's already given us. It's, it's kind of like uh, I was thinking about the man uh, uh, walking on the side of the road up there in the dark. You know, and I'm glad, I, I hope and pray he got to where he was going. But that's kind of the way that we are. We're, we're just, sometimes we don't know the Lord and we don't know anything about God. And, and well, I know I'm saved, that's all I know. And I know what the preacher tells me. 
We need to be reading our Bibles and praying that's God to teach us and help us and to mold us in what He wants us to be. But we're sometimes we're we're just like that that man walking up the side of the road. We're in the darkness and we can't see because of the darkness because we don't know. It's not that we're lost; it's that we just don't know. There was a woman come to church here. The preacher uh, they visited for about a week. Preacher and Darlene went to visit them, and and the preacher and Darlene led the, the lady to the Lord. And this was what she told him. I've been to church all my life and nobody's never told me that. He just gave her the gospel. Took the Romans road. She said, I've been in church all my life and nobody's ever told me that. She was walking in darkness. And here's Jesus. And he's, if you're walking in darkness and Jesus is right here and he, he, he's still with you. He don't leave you. He don't forsake you because you belong to him. And yet we can't, we won't learn enough of him to, to open our eyes to see that he's right there to lead us and guide us, uh, into everything that he has. And we say, well, I know I'm saved, but I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm just not. That preacher ain't telling me what to do. We done moved on from mom and daddy. Done whooped them. They're done. That preacher ain't telling me what to do. Preaching right out of the Bible, the King James Bible. Sunday school lessons right out of the Bible. Great lessons. I know what that Sunday school lesson says, but I just don't believe it because I'm not going to do that. You're not going to take the Bible and learn for yourself. And folks, we stumble and we stagger just like that man walking up the side of the road in a dangerous, dangerous place because Satan is just like he was. That, those Sunday school lessons are so good. Uh, Judas just, Judas was right there. Remember, Judas, and I'm not going to reteach the lesson, but I tell you, it's so good. Judas heard everything Peter heard. He, he saw everything that the other disciples saw. He was right there. As our lesson said this morning, Judas didn't go into this thinking, think now, on this day here, I'll betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I'll do all of this, and then I'll go out and kill myself. He didn't go into it thinking that. That's why it's so dangerous to be, to, to first of all, in, in the outer dark, the, the darkness, and not know the Lord, and the inner darkness is just not knowing the Lord as your Lord and Savior, and but yet to be saved and still walking in the dark of just not even knowing and taking the time to get to know who Jesus is. That'd be like getting married and say, okay, we're married, but I don't know who you are. Of course, most of the time we don't now, do we? Amen to that, said Karen. See, it worked the other way for her. She didn't know what a good deal she was getting. <laughs> but are you afraid of the dark? Are you scared of the dark? See, we can be saved, washed in the blood, and still choose to walk in the darkness. It's not that you're going to go to hell. It's just you're just, you're just blind to what thus saith the Lord, not caring what God wants to do. So there's the natural darkness, there's the inner darkness, and then there's the outer darkness. Oh, my. Matthew 25 and 30. Jesus said, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and grenation of teeth. See, God gave hope. When the world was in natural darkness by creating light. God gave hope when man was in spiritual darkness by sending the light. We know we have hope because we're still here. But there will be a time and a place, folks, where God will never give hope in outer darkness. There shall never be light in the outer darkness. We read our Bibles and we hear people talk about hell. People get offended at just of the word hell anymore. You shouldn't use that word. 
you're going to preach about heaven, you've got to preach about hell. I mean, if you're going to preach the Bible, you've got to, you've got to preach the whole counsel of God. And see, people, uh, we forget what God's, we forget sometimes, I believe, what God saved us from. Hell's not a party place. It's not just a big room somewhere. Hell's not 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long. That's heaven. Hell, the Bible says hell is a bottomless pit. Where the worm dieth not, the worms never quenched. The, the fire's never quenched. And folks, it, it, it's a sad, sad day when people leave this world. That's one of the hardest things. You know, people talk about the preacher. He works two days a week. I tell you what the hard things are. When somebody calls you up and asks you to do a funeral and nobody in the family don't even know if that man's or that woman's lost or saved, you can't get up there and preach them people into heaven. The only thing you can do is deliver the gospel to them. And then they get mad at you for, for doing that. But God gave hope. And see, and, and, and today is the time to surrender to that light. I was thinking, man, you went to the store. You should have bought you a flashlight. It's dark. And yet we today, just about everybody, everybody just about got a Bible. Very few people don't have a Bible in their house. Last time I counted, I think I had 17 when I bought another one. Man, They're all the same ones now. They ain't this other stuff, you know. They like the preacher Matthew. You get all this other stuff. No, no, I'm just kidding now. But the Romans says, 13 and 12, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. John 12, 46, he said, I am come alight into the world, that whomsoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. For you were sometimes in darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's Ephesians chapter 8. Folks, we need the light. But sometimes I wonder if we've got so accustomed to the dark. We're not even afraid of the dark anymore. People's not afraid of sin anymore. What amazes me uh, is people, it's almost every day, is you hear of people dying, uh, drug overdoses, uh, different ways, people killing themselves. People, people dying from overdoses, people dying from, from uh, gunshots and killing one another and all this kind of stuff. And it seems like that we've got so accustomed to it that we've grown numb to it. That we think that, well, the grave's the end. And now people think, well, cremation's the end. Where's mama at? She's right over there in that jar. No, she's not. She's in heaven or she's in hell. She's in heaven or he's in heaven. She's your daddy, whoever it is. But Matthew 6, 21 and 23 says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye shall be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? See, there's, there is the good heart. It's just like a good eye. Notice here that uh, the eye is a gate that gives entrance to the mind of man. We, the man goes through what he sees. The woman goes what she hears. And see, uh, what man looks at is what he thinks about, and what he thinks about is what he actually becomes. That's Proverbs 23 and 7. If a man focuses upon Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, then his mind and heart will be full of light. That's, that's why we constantly need our hearts and our minds focused upon God and the things of God. 
to keep our heart pure, to keep our heart uh, full of light in the Lord. He said, therefore, the deeds of his body, which will be the deeds of his body will be deeds of light. So how do I let my light shine? Keep our eyes on Jesus. Know him in the free part of sin. Know who he is, the son of God that died on the cross for our sins. The singleness of the eye and heart means that a person sets his attention upon the Lord Jesus for the purpose of doing his will. That means we don't have to walk in the dark. We don't have to walk in the dark. An evil eye is one that focuses upon anything that's not of God. And boy, it's so easy to do because that's the way the whole world's are looking. The things that's not of God. It's, it's so much easier. It, it's so much, uh, it, it's less stress. Everybody talks about stress today. Everybody talks about anxiety and depression, especially in this time of year. And folks, uh, if we as believers fix our eyes upon heaven for two, for just two reasons. One, our citizenship's there. We know where we're going. We don't have to be in darkness. If you're saved, you don't have to be in darkness about that. You know you're saved. And also he seeks the treasures which are eternal. Is that as we want to do what pleases God. In closing, you know, you can escape the darkness of the wicked world and have light in us if we'll accept him today. We need the light. I, I, I've been thinking about that man. I was telling a preacher about him. I said, I, it just, I don't know why it was, but my heart just reached out to that man. I thought, well, why didn't I go back and get him? Why didn't I do something to try to help him? And I just got caught up in the time going up through there. You know, but it's high time, folks. It's high time that people get scared enough of the dark to get out of it. They get scared enough of the sin. Jesus is coming again. Uh, even the television preachers are saying Jesus is coming again. And you know how they are. They want you to send them everything you got. But now they're saying he's coming again. And they should be because he is. We, we, there's nothing else that has to happen. There's no other great event that has to happen for Jesus to come back. So the question tonight I'd like to ask is, are you scared of the dark? Are you scared of the natural dark? Are you scared of the inner darkness? Are you scared of the the outer darkness? We don't have to be scared of that outer darkness no more if you're saved. Because that don't pertain to us. But what does pertain to us is pleasing God. To live a faithful life. To live an obedient life. To live a life that honors God. To live a life that we don't take that bushel and put it over our light. Because folks, just as you and I needed to see the light, somebody else needs to see the light. Charles Stanley said this morning, when it was, he was on, they were interviewing him something. I'd never seen this before, but they were interviewing him. And they talked about one of his greatest memories. And he said one of his greatest memories was in a church, the first church I think he had, that they would, uh, he wanted to do something different. There wasn't a lot of them. He wanted to do something different. And they took a, a candle and they lit it. And they took that person took that candle and lit another person's candle. And that ter- person lit another person's candle. And he said, that's, that's, the, that's the mission of the church. Is to spread the light and let that light shine. Preacher, I'm done. Let's all stand up. I have an